0: And that's in our Timberwolves win. The Timberwolves just took down the Dallas Mavericks 116-95 to in quite the interesting game, which was really capped off by YouTube star J. Dion getting a haircut courtside. That's never happened before. I'm, I'm confident in saying that that has never happened before in NBA history. That was so funny. I was so happy when I learned that he was going to the game tonight when I saw the Timberwolves social media team posting about him before the game. And, you know, he came to rep the team today. He got a Cat jersey on. I think Cat was the one who bought him courtside tickets because of a relationship they created in the past. But that was super funny, and it it really capped off a fun win for Minnesota. Let's dive right into that game as a whole. So last time we played this Mavericks team, we lost in a, you know, very close game at the end. It came down kind of the last play with Beverly at the free throw line. And obviously he had to force a miss because we were down by two and he had one shot left, and you know the rest of that. Um, but we won tonight by over 20 points. It's a really good bounce back win. We were on our home floor. The Timberwolves are a very good team on their home floor. I believe we're like 25 and 13 now in the season, somewhere around that type of number. Like we've been a phenomenal team on home court, and we've been, I mean, I think we're 18 and 19 on the road, which, is, which isn't that bad, you know? We're close to that 500 mark. Um, but the game started out. Timberwolves are up by four at the end of the first quarter. Luca, I mean, we handled him decently well, in my opinion, tonight. He was hitting a lot of Luca's tough shots. Were just tough step back threes. Those are super unguardable, especially when he's six, like six eight, six nine. Like you just you really can't defend a lot of that. Unfortunately, um, but I mean, he was not making anything happen in the paint. He was dishing the ball really well. He had a lot of assists. But other than that, I mean, we did a pretty good job on him, in my opinion. I, I liked it. We changed the defensive scheme on him. You know, we weren't playing drop coverage. We were kind of doing like a high wall defense where we had you know two guys attack Luca off of the pick and roll. And if the if the Mavericks were shooting a lot better tonight, which they they shot horribly, like oh maybe not even twenty percent from three as a team, they were they were completely bricking every open shot in the third quarter. That's really when Minnesota pulled away in this game. But if they weren't bricking that, you know this game would have been a lot closer. Because, um, I mean, they were finding a lot of open guys off of that. But we just kept using it throughout the night, you know, doubling Luca off screens. And he was finding open shooters like every time, but they were missing it almost every time in this game. In different scenarios, we would, you know, try something different. And when we were trying something different, we were having, you know, Cat switch onto Luka. Um I thought Cat did a pretty good job guarding Luca tonight when he had to. I don't really remember too many times where Luca beat him in a matchup. Most of the time, in my opinion, Cat won the matchup. Um, Luca had a really tough fadeaway, you know, jump shot kind of on him, which was perfectly defended by Cap, but he just made it over him. That's just fantastic offense by Luca. That was in the first quarter, I believe. But I like the defense a lot more tonight. You know, obviously they were not making their shots, but I love that we did not play drop coverage. You know, it allowed, I mean, we, we, we held Dwight Powell to lower numbers. Powell killed us in the last game when we limited him, him more today. Um, still would have liked to stop him a few more times, but I mean, he's, a, de- he's a, a decent starter. So he's going to get his buckets still. This game was filled with, you know, a couple of injuries. We had Nas Reed go down first in the early second quarter with an ankle injury at the time. He actually came back and played in the game and he looked better. It kind of seemed like he was still limping a little bit, but Nas Reed did look better after that. He didn't, you know, have too much of scoring impact or like overall game impact, but he was playing solid minutes and we needed him to play because Cow was in foul trouble, you know, again, at the end there, he had four fouls going into the fourth, so we needed Nas Reed to get some playing time in, because I just, I can't trust Nathan Knight. I'm not a fan of what I've been seeing from him, you know. We had, like, a 10-point lead halfway through the the second quarter at one point, and the Mavericks cut it down to two in, like, a two-minute stretch, and most of that was because Nathan Knight was just playing horrible defense. He was following too much. I did, like, one of his post-up plays where he got a guy to miss on a pump fake, and he you know, score one in the paint, but that's really the only thing I like from him that I saw in the minutes that he played. I still think he needs a lot of development. Don't know if he'll be with the team next year. He's on a two-way contract right now, so that obviously expires after the season. Maybe we, maybe we sign him to another two-way contract. Um, but I mean, this was just another game that kind of showed why Minnesota needs a third center because if Nasri goes down with an injury. And then you got Cat. Obviously, he can he can handle a high load unless he's, you know, going through foul trouble, which has been happening, and it's kind of been a trend as of late. So if Cat's in foul trouble and Nas reads out, you know Nathan Knight has to play, and we I don't like that. I want to have a more reliable third center option. Sometimes you would you know Jaden McDaniels is healthy, and he wouldn't necessarily play center, but then Vanderbilt can move to center a little bit. Um, but without Jaden, our, our lineup is just so small. Like, he may be our tallest player on the team. He may be taller than Cat. I'm not too sure. I think they're very close in height. But m- missing him, you know, that's a lot of height gone. And, I mean, just with Nas going down and, and you know, Cat's going to have more injuries for sure of his career. He's going to miss more games. Like, I am I think Nas Reed is a really good backup starter compared to a lot of bigs across the league. I think he steps up well. When he needs to start for Minnesota, I think he did that pretty well last year too. Even though we had a really bad season, but we still need that third guy. And if you guys want to go check out my last video, the free agency predictions, I do kind of have us getting another center. I had him, I had us getting Hassan Whiteside, but I do think we also would trade Nas Reed if that happened. Like I I have a bold prediction. I think we may trade Nas Reed this offseason. I might go deeper into that at some point in a future episode. But that's just kind of a thought that I've been having. Um, but we'll see if that actually happens and the other injury obviously was Malik Beasley he was taken out for the entire game after he sprained his left ankle so he will most likely miss more time obviously we don't really know the severity of this ankle sprain like uh, who was it it was it was Deandre Russell somebody they or maybe even Anthony Edwards he had a really really minor ankle sprain at one point I don't even think he missed time to it like ankle sprains can really vary you can have really really like light ones or you could have tough ones like you know Jaden mcdaniels just got Jaden mcdaniels has an, a, a high ankle sprain those are bad ones um he's probably got well over two weeks left on his timeline of recovery and when he'll be re- returning still wondering if Jaden will be back for that playing game if we do play in the or first you know a few games of the playoffs we'll see what happens there um But we're hoping Malik Beasley can come back. I really like his shooting off the bench. I mean, we just could not shoot. I mean, like not even the Mavericks. It was us two. We could not shoot as a team tonight. We were shooting pretty bad, like around 30% for three, even below. I would have to look at the numbers again. Um, I think him getting hurt is definitely a reason why that happened because he is a talented as heck shooter, and he can you know, make a lot of threes, obviously. Um, And he's been... I mean, he's shooting like thirty-seven percent on the season now, which is which isn't even that bad. Like that's that's good. That's actually pretty good. I don't know how it's above average. It's above average. Whether you know people think he's been shooting well or not this year, that's above average as a three-point shooter. I think the league average for threes is more like thirty-five percent. Like if you take every single 3 point that's been attempted in the NBA this year, that's more of what it is. Um, but you know, him going down could be pretty big. This would mean. Prince and Noel would have to step up a lot more and, you know, maybe even more guys off the bench. Um, I'll talk about McLaughlin later. He had a pretty big game, but we might need him to step up a little bit more too because he might be playing more guard time. Um, But yeah, Beasley is probably going to be out for a little bit longer with this ankle sprain. Another thing that, you know, really helped us win this game was we finally started to box out better. We gave up seven offensive rebounds in the first half. That's pretty bad a lot of their points were kind of coming off of those second chance points, you know, tip-ins and, you know, they're getting a lot of makes that should have been prevented by, I mean, just are simply boxing out. Like when they're all scrambled in the paint, you got like three Dallas Mavericks players in the paint against three of ours. It's a 50-50 ball. Like every time, most of the time, like we got to box out more. We got to prevent guys from getting to the paint more. And if we can do that, I think that, you know, helps us tremendously as a team because that's one of our biggest problems is boxing out which it seems like a super fundamental and easy thing but our team just doesn't do it as much as they really should and you know it kind of sucks that, that happens but you know we're gonna hope that they can move on from that um at some point i mean next year hopefully we can bring in some more big guys and they could help us out with that obviously go check out the free agency uh, predictions i do have us getting two guys that could maybe do that uh mainly Whiteside. side who I kind of just leaked that was one of the guys. Um, But I literally have like a whiteboard over here of like everything I want to say for the podcast. Um, This team is a lot better when DeAndre Russell plays like this. Like he didn't put up like massive numbers, but he, he put up 15 points, eight assists on efficient scoring splits. Like this is more of the Russell that we need consistently. He had a really bad game against the Suns on Wednesday and was a big reason why we lost that game because he could not make shots down the stretch but this is the Deandre Russell that I love you know the guy who is driving to the rim really well he's making contested jumpers wasn't really shooting the three ball well tonight so I guess you could still say he could improve that Um, but other than that you know his inside game was really good tonight he's he was passing the ball well too which was really good kind of want to see him and Cat use the pick and roll more, but I I just I, I as a whole like down the season, I want to see that used more. I don't know why we don't use it as much like I don't know. We should use more DeAndre Russell and Cat pick and roll. But when DeAndre Russell plays more like this, this team is just so significantly better. Like he can raise this team's floor and ceiling by miles. Like it's insane what he can do to this team. The Timberwolves had seven players in double-figure scoring tonight. That was pretty impressive. Jordan McLaughlin had a career kind of like scoring night. I don't think he had a career high in points, but he I mean, this was one of his best scoring nights I've ever seen from him. He had 16 points. He was making some really smart plays out there. He was kind of making the Mavericks had points look like a JV basketball team and we were the varsity team and he was like the varsity guard. Like he was playing good flipping basketball and this is like, he, he's been training up as of late. As you guys know, if you listen to my podcast earlier this year, I was not a Jordan McLaughlin stan. I was not a fan of him getting minutes over guys like Noel. And I, although I still don't think he should be getting minutes like over Noel, which he hasn't been. Like they've been sharing minutes at different times. Like they don't need to, that they don't hurt each other's playing time, which is good. Um, but he's been playing a lot better as of late. He's been a smart defender he's been a good playmaker he doesn't turn the ball over he's a sneaky scorer him and D'Lo have this weird like it's a super cool and weird play like deals like they hand the ball off at top and Jordan McLaughlin cut like does a slow cut to the basket D'Lo throws a crazy like precise overhead pass to him they do this at least once a game it didn't happen today but it's happened at least 10 times this year I know you guys probably know I'm talking about um but it's like so tricky, and the defense never knows it's coming. It's an easy layup for McLaughlin every time. Like he does those things. He's a, he's he's a small guy. I'm taller than him. You know, I'm I'm six foot. He's five eleven. But you know, he it doesn't really affect him that much. Maybe sometimes when he's driving, I haven't like he used to get blocked a ton from behind when he would drive at the rack. He last year I couldn't stand the amount of times that he would just aggressively drive and. He got blocked like almost every time. It just didn't make sense. But he's just, he's not doing that as much this year. And it's it, its really good for his game. You know, he's, he's really proven that he's worth the money that he's getting. And he's getting $2 million a year, which is really, really good for, in my opinion, what he's producing for this team, you know, in our 16-point game tonight. Like, I really, really like the basketball Jordan McLaughlin's been playing as of late. All right, I'm going to answer three quick questions from you guys. And then we're going to move on. And the the podcast will be over by then. Um, A quick question from Anthony here. Do you think Patrick Beverly could move into a type of, like, Udonis Haslam type of role? And I think he could. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but, I mean, Patrick Beverly is a fantastic leader. Just, like, overall, off the court when he's not playing. He just – he knows what he's doing. He can somehow impact the game as a leader. Like, there's very select few people that can do that when they're not playing the game. They can talk to their players – like their teammates i mean and they can still impact winning basketball it's a very special special talent and select few people really can do it patrick breville is one of those people i don't know if he'll do that personally like he'd have to be like a 40 year old doing that i just i think he's the type of guy that we want to go enjoy retirement if i was udonis haslam i'd probably want to go enjoy retirement i don't know like he he must have some you know insane motivation to want to do that for this team you know some goal probably championship obviously with that team Um, but good for you Donis Haslam that he's doing that still and our question was if the Timberwolves are not the sixth seed we're not yet we're .5 games back thankfully the Suns uh, beat the Nuggets yesterday after the Suns you know sadly beat us the day before Um, but we need the Nuggets to lose if they play tomorrow hopefully they lose so if that does happen we will then become the sixth seed in the Western Conference um But yeah, that's obviously the ultimate goal. Tough game against the Celtics coming up on Sunday. Hopefully we can win that one. Um, And the last question was, why was the ball movement better for the Mavericks than it was for the Timberwolves? And kind of the simple answer is that we were just letting them shoot open stuff because they were were missing like everything. We kept doubling Luka, and he was finding open shooters like every time. But like guys like Doran Finley-Smith, I don't know if that dude made more than one three, and he shot the ball like 10 times from three. Like, they could not make a shot from outside. That's why, you know, the ball was moving so well for them. That's why their offense looked clean. But it, it wasn't clean at the same time because they couldn't make anything from three. It was so weird. Like, there was a stretch in the third quarter where I swear they missed 10 straight open threes. Like, they shot themselves in the foot a lot in that game. And, you know, I'm glad they did it because we needed this win for sure. You know, coming off two rough losses. And the Mavericks are a very good team, so this looks good on our resume. But thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully we'll be back Sunday with a podcast again. That's an earlier game, 5 o'clock uh, Central against the Celtics in front of a packed crowd for sure in Boston. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. See you guys next time. Peace.